0: Listening to dropping the gloves with former NHL All Star John Scott,
1: a member of the Nation Network of podcasts, and delivered by DoorDash. John Scott, the All Star Man. John
0: Scott, the Family Man. Thank you for listening to dropping the gloves with John Scott. Woo! Yeah. Hello my friends. Thank you for coming. It's me, John. Welcome to Dropping the Gloves, official podcast of HockeyFights.com. Tim, did you know we are the podcast of HockeyFights.com?
1: Every day I wake up and I just just give thanks for that. So, yeah, I sure do know that. You're a liar. You're a dirty liar.
0: I don't like it. But anyway, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Glad you're here. It's going to be a good show. Very excited about the show, Tim. I don't know why. I just think there's a lot to talk about the NHL season is starting to kind of feel itself out. You know, I think things are starting to settle down. The teams that started off really, really hot that we thought, were was this an aberration? Are these teams for real? I think the cream is starting to settle. Everybody's starting to sort themselves out. The Sabres are showing their true colors. The Coyotes have always shown their true colors. But, you know, everything is starting to kind of mellow out a little bit this is where you get into the nitty-gritty of the season the first 10 games are done the excitement is worn off now you're going to see who the real contenders are for the next two months this is where you're going to jockey for position it's a very important time this time of year because most people think it's the last month that's where you make all your moves no no this is it these next two months are crucial you're going to figure out if you're going to even make the playoffs. This is where GMs try to figure out what kind of team they have. Do I need to make some moves, make some additions, make some subtractions? What are we doing? I love it. I, I love it. It's fantastic. So there, there are some big, big things to talk about early on. the the Afro the the guy who was crowned the Calder Trup truck Tr- Calder Trophy winner before. Oh, damn, it's happening again before the season even started. Cole Cauliflower. He got sent down to the Laval Rockets. That was not unexpected, but when you come into this season, the perennial, a favorite for an individual award you had such a strong playoffs. This this guy was earmarked for success this year. By myself, by everybody, him and Suzuki were going to take over the league. It was the new the new Montreal Canadiens. It was s- small, fast, exciting, electric. Any m- other descriptive words I can think of I would throw in there, but I can't because I'm s- not not firing all cylinders right now. He got sent downtown. He had a very uneventful first eight or nine or ten games, I don't know how many games he played, zero goals, one assist, he's gone. Good move, bad move, you be the judge, Tim. You're a Montreal insider. You know more about Montreal than most people do about their kids. What are you hearing in Montreal? What are they saying on the streets, on Rue St. K. Uh, at the Bell Center? What are they saying,
1: Tim? I think it's a good move because you know obviously the kid was struggling he didn't have any or no goals one assist he was getting his chances he had 30 shots on goal in 10 games so you know averaging three shots a, a game so he was getting his chances I'm sure he was kind of doing a little things that just maybe a little bit of puck luck wasn't finding the back of the net but when a team's already struggling you don't want to have a struggling rookie in there too because it messes with the confidence it messes with the mojo and things just sort of fell into line perfectly for him earlier this year in the offseason and how exciting that was and like you said a couple shows ago it was like this kid came out of nowhere and he's like this league's going to be easy i'm going to make my mark i'm going to dominate and he learned real quickly that uh you know you can capture some magic in, in a playoff run but the regular season just hits differently so rather than see him struggle they like let's go down to the AHL, let's work on a couple things. Let's get your confidence back up. Let's find the back of the net. I'm sure he'll be back up before long. But, yeah, I think it's a move that makes sense. And I hope, you know, Montreal, maybe it's a little bit of a message to him and to the rest of the team that, you know, that we expect better. And and we're going to work on some things and, and get better. And I, I'd like to see them turn around and win some games now.
0: Yeah, don't look now, but they they bumped up Brendan Gallagher to that top line, that Cole Cauliflower he he was anchoring that first line with Toffoli and Suzuki. I'm going to stop calling him cauliflower. I don't like doing that. Caulfield, he's a good kid. I, I don't want to bully him. It's it's not it's not appropriate. He's in a very vulnerable spot right now. So if I do it again, Tim, correct me because I'm just being a bully. It's not nice. I like the kid. I like I like his game. So Gallagher took his spot on that top line, and they played last night, and that they looked pretty good that first line. I'll tell you what. I watched some of that game on my ESPN Plus app. Suzuki Toffoli. Gallagher, they're buzzing around. Gallagher picks up a goal. Suzuki gets his first goal of the season. Toffoli was looking strong. He gets two assists. So maybe Montreal won't miss Cole Caulfield as much as everyone thinks they will because they have a deep, deep, deep depth at forward. They might have the deepest forward crew in the whole NHL. Do you think? Because when you when you look at their lineup, they got Toffoli, Suzuki, Gallagher, Hoffman, Duran, Anderson, and Dvorak, Armia, like that's a pretty solid top three lines, and that you can roll out consistently. Yes, Duran does you know takes a puck in the head yesterday. We'll see how he ends up. So he's one to watch for any injury with the head. You don't know how it's going to go. It could turn south pretty pretty quickly. But even with Caulfield out, I like their forward group. They don't have like we've said for years. Barring Suzuki taking that next step forward, they don't have the big superstars like the other teams do. But they have a very very solid top three forward lines. They win last night versus Detroit. Do you see any positives from Montreal? We just heard Carey Price is coming out of the player assistant program this week, so he's going to be able November 6th, exactly 30 days from when he entered. Who knows when he's going to join the team? Who knows when he's going to be back on the ice? That's still up in the air. Are we seeing a turnaround for the Montreal Canadiens after this win versus Detroit Wide Wings? who, mind you, they are still the Detroit Red Wings without Tyler Bertuzzi because he's not going to Canada. He's not allowed. He's a leper. He's not allowed to go to Canada. So they, they left him back in Detroit. Is this is this the turnaround that the Canadians fans hope it is?
1: Uh, I hope for their sake it is. But the, the, don't forget the division that they're in. Like, they, I, I had them in Boston, Toronto, Tampa, Florida, not to mention the teams. Like, yeah, even if Detroit and, and Buffalo sort of come back down to earth, which it looks like they're already starting to, They're probably still on the outside looking in on a playoff spot unless they can. I don't know. I mean, the Bruins, they're four and three and they it's weird. Like they've only played seven games. They don't play again till tomorrow, I think. And and other teams have played 11. So it's a little misleading how far down in the standings they are. Uh, I hope they win some games. I hope they make a stretch. But I don't know. Unless they really, really get hard. It's hard to see them. Making a playoff spot now again. It's November second or third, whatever it is. Like it's, it's it's too early, it's early to make predictions like that. But yeah, I hope they do win, put some put some wins together.
0: Yeah, I, I think if they do get Kerry Price back, everybody was hoping Jake Allen would be the guy he was last year, the guy that forced them to protect in the expansion draft because he had such a solid season. He hasn't been. You know, he's been shaky. He's been unreliable. He, he's not the guy that you want to be your starter when you can't, you know, count on him for the save. They've had to throw in the the backup's backup, Monton Blue And he hasn't looked very good at all. He, he's looked everything that an AHL goaltender looks like when he gets called up. Overwhelmed, out of position, just can't handle the NHL speed. So if they can somehow get Carey Price back in a few weeks, and they can scuttle their way to 500 in the next four or five games, I would not count them out. They have a very good team. They learned a lot in the playoff run last year. They get Matthew Pearl back, Paulie Bieron. I don't know when he's coming back. So they still have some pieces that can jump back in the lineup, but uh, I don't know. I, 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 still, I still am buying Montreal right now for whatever reason. I, I, I still like the Canadiens' chances this season. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I just have, you know, I've been buying them all preseason, buying them all season. So I'm not going to give up on them just yet. We'll see once they get their full roster back, what happens, but they they do need some contributions from their back end That is lacking. Jeff Petrie, who had such a strong season last year. He's got what, how many points do you have this year, Tim? It's not nothing
1: exciting. Yeah. No goals and two assists in 11 games so far.
0: Not, not good. You know what I mean. You need need some offense from your back end. David Savar is not going to bring much. Ben Chariot, he's a big, bruising defenseman. They need someone to step up and be a puck-moving defenseman. You can't have Jeff Petrie with two assists anchoring your first power play unit. It it can't happen. You need a guy who's going to be able to facilitate for those star players. Get the puck to Suzuki. Get it to Anderson. You know, put put the puck in the right spot. Throw a shot on net. Jeff Petrie has not been that guy. So. Uh, I don't know what needs to happen. Maybe they need to make a move. Something needs to switch because you can't just go 25, 30 games and not have a defenseman who drives the offense. You're not going to win many games. That's why they've only scored 22 goals in 11 games. That's two goals a game. You're not, you're not going to be a successful team in the NHL these days, scoring two goals a game. We'll see where it goes. They scored three last night versus Detroit. Hopefully, you know, hopefully they're trending upwards. This, this is the make it break a time of the season. Like I said, at the beginning of the show. All right. Another big payday for another defenseman tip. Ching-a-ching-ching. A little bit more money than Morgan Riley got a few days prior. Adam Fox, the New York Ranger future captain, one day in his future. He signs a big deal. Is it a big deal? I don't know. Seven years, 9.5. What What do you think of this deal? I think it's, I think it's a fantastic deal for all, all parties. I think he's worth 9.5. He won the Norris last year. The guy's a point-per-game defenseman. He's, he's the epitome of a modern-day defenseman. He jumps up in the play. He's all over the ice. He's somewhat defensive responsibly, which nowadays is, is a rare, rare thing when you have an offensive defenseman. I like, I, I like myself some Adam Fox. He's a very, very good defenseman. He's going to be a Norris contender for the next 10 years, in my opinion, Tim. What do you, you're, you're a Rangers insider, you're constantly walking the streets of manhattan you're i always see you outside of msg what's the vibe you know in in the bronx baby in manhattan hell's kitchen i used to live in hell's kitchen what's the vibe on the street tim
1: well they're excited the series excited you can feel that's like a pulsing energy in the air they're like adam fox is our guy for the next seven years now and they're they're just well it really eight after this year so it's just it's very exciting. The thing that makes me, you know, gives me a little bit of pause. is just how much money they have wrapped up. You know, we talked about the, the, the Maple Leafs a couple of shows ago. They have forty eight million dollars in five players and the Rangers are right behind them. They now have forty four million dollars committed to five different contracts. Adam Fox, Mika Zibanejad, Panarin, Truba, and Kreider. That's a lot of money. And I, that core is not as good as Montreal's, I would say, especially Truba and Cryder. Those aren't guys. They're probably getting overpaid. Now, Cryder's having a good start to the season. And I know how important Truba is on the defensive side of the ice, but still, that's a lot of money. And they're not getting the flack that the, the Toronto gets. Do you think that's just because of Toronto always has a target on their back? Or are you, are you okay as a Rangers fan with, with that amount of money?
0: Well, it's the price you have to pay these days, right? So if you want to keep these primo players, we talked about the disappearing middle class last episode, and this is a direct result of that. Adam Fox is going to get 9.5. He could have gotten more, I think, if he waited. If you go into arbitration and you got two Norris trophies under your belt, you're going to get 10, 11, 12 million bucks. So I think this is a good deal for the Rangers. I do think in four years, Adam Fox's value is going to be in the $12 million range because the salary cap will increase. People will get more money. And at the end of the day, it's going to be a great contract for the Rangers because it's a great contract right now. I think this is the price you have to pay. And yes, maybe Kreider makes a little bit too much money, but I I don't think it's that big of a deal. 6.5 for a Chris Kreider. You got Panarin signed to a heavy contract, but you know, what else are you going to do? If you want to win a Stanley cup, you have to pay these guys this type of money. Jacob Trouba, when she was coming out and he was a free agent, this is this is the money he was going to get. So you you have to keep him when you trade for him. So that, you know, I, I don't have any problem with it. They haven't had the type of success that they wanted, but going forward, you've locked up your top two forwards in Panarin and Zabinijad. You have Trouba lined up. You got Fox lined up. I, I like the Rangers. If their draft picks somewhat perform to the level where they were drafted with Capo Caco and uh, Lafreniere, they all of a sudden have a very, very good team. Yes, they may be overpaid for Barclay Goudreau. That's a whole different conversation, but I, I don't mind them. Shesterkin's been playing out of this world so far this season. He's a very good goaltender. He's taken the crown from Henrik Lundqvist. I like the Rangers. I really do. I picked them to win the cup last year, I think. They're not, they're not too far off. They're a very, very good hockey team. I don't know. I, I am... I am loving what the Rangers have done. I think this is a good deal for Fox. I like Panarin's contract. I don't see a bad contract on their team, aside from Goudreau, maybe making $1 million too much. But he's a two-time <laughs> cup winner. He was going to get it somewhere. He adds a lot of value to that team. You've already seen it throughout the season. He's stepped up in big situations. He plays all the hard minutes, and he has produced offensively. So he's been doing a good job this year. I don't know. I, I, th- I think it's a good contract all around. I think the Rangers are going to be competitive for the next five years at least.
1: How much, how much like weight or credence do you give to goal differential when you're looking at the, how good a team's performance is?
0: Um, I think it means something. I think that is one stat that you can kind of hang your hat on and be like, okay, it does mean something. Are you eking out wins three to two, four to three, two to one, night in, night out, where it could go either way? Or are you winning games going away? Five, two, four, one, three, one, these types of games where you are in control the whole game. I know the Rangers goal differential isn't strong, but on the other side of the page, it could be you're a really battle-tested team and you know how to win the close games. So I I tend to lean towards the the first where you want to win games early on. You want to be that dominant team, you don't want to be always fighting. Tooth and nail in the third period, where a penalty could you know take you either way—a win, a loss, this and that. So, yeah, I I did see that. I I know they're what are they plus three or four or five goals of two, so they're plus two. Their goal differential—not good when you're six two and two. You you should have a better goal differential than that when you look at Carolina, who's just ahead of them. Their goal differential is plus twenty one. So which team would you rather have, the the team that's plus two, who's eking out these games, or the team that's plus 21, who's absolutely just shellacking everybody they play? You're going to pick Carolina all day long, or the team behind him in Washington, who's plus 10. So I know that's a cause for concern. There is some positives to take from it, but there's more negatives, I think, at the end of the day, because you aren't putting teams away. You aren't blowing teams out. You're, it's it's a fight for every single point you get. And that's what you get in this division. Metropo- Metropolitan Division is the best division in hockey. So every game is going to be a tough game. You're not going to get an easy game when you have to line up against Pittsburgh, Islanders, Columbus, Philadelphia, Washington, Carolina, every single night. So it, it's going to be a dog fight. The only team that's really set themselves apart from this division is the Carolina Hurricanes, which we kind of dug into last episode because, boy, oh, boy, they are just an absolute wagon, like you like to say, Tim. Just a big, shiny wagon. Unbelievable. So, Adam Fox, that's good. Uh, do you, whose core do you take? You mentioned the Leafs. You think it's that big of a disparity between the Leafs and the Rangers' core? Like, the, the talent level is that better in Toronto than it is in the Rangers, even though they're spending that, the same amount of money?
1: Uh yeah, I don't think it's like a huge disparity, but I think Toronto's core is is decidedly better. Yeah, like I think they are clearly a better core than the Rangers core.
0: You think so? I I think the Rangers have the edge on the back end just because Fox is I think Fox is better than Riley. Mm-hmm. I think Truba's better than any other defense the Leafs have. So I think the top 2 for the Rangers are better, but you know, Panarin I think is better than any Leafs forward.
1: Matthews, Marner,
0: yeah, I know they're on Toronto. That's why I said Panarin is better than any Leafs forward. You can't just name off all the Leafs forwards.
1: Yeah, but come on, like I don't know. I mean, I guess it's preference. I, I, they're so they're so close. Yeah, it all comes down to personal preference. Yeah, it's like a Ferrari it.
0: and a Lamborghini. They're they're all very good players. I, I, people gig jump on me like, oh, you're bad mouthing this guy. I know they're all very good players. That's what I'm paid to do. I I, I enjoy. Picking apart who's better, who's worse, why and what. Panarin is a better hockey player than every player on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Austin Matthews scores goals. He's an absolute phenom to putting the puck in the net. Everybody knows that. Mitch Marner is very, very good at setting plays up. He's a good facilitator. He's not going to score you a million goals, but he just, he kind of does it all. Panarin does both. He gets a good amount of goals and he's a fantastic facilitator. You can lock him in on any given 82-game season for 30 goals and 60 assists. I like think that's a pretty good season for, for Panarin. Matthews, you can give him, what, 50 goals, 30 assists. Marner. That's pretty good, too. Like, but, <laughs> but that's what I mean. Ferrari, Lamborghini. I'm just saying Panarin, if he's on Toronto, he's their best player. Panarin, if he's on most teams other than Edmonton, he's their best player.
1: Okay. If you're, if you're a neutral GM, you're the GM of the flame, you can pick up one of those guys. Who do you pick up? Matthews. Over Panarin?
0: Yeah. I think it's harder to score goals than it is to facilitate goals. I take Matthews over Panarin, but I think Panarin's a better hockey player. Does that make sense?
1: It does actually. And some weird, twisted John Scott way. I does. like that. You very rarely say that.
0: You know what else makes sense, Tim? It's when I'm hungry and I don't want to move. I just pull up my phone and I go DoorDash. You know how simple it is? My phone's always in my pockets, always in my hand. It's always around me. I can always grab it. I just pick it up, beep, boop, boop. DoorDash, it's to my door within a half an hour. It's such, you talk about how technology, uh, it's bad sometimes, how it's like, you know, taking away from your real life and everybody's just so consumed by this and their phone and the tablet. DoorDash is a fantastic thing to come from technology. It's great. I love it. You should use it too. We have a promo code. If you're in the USA, DoorDash or US. if you're in Canada, it's GlovesDD. It's unbelievable. I'm not just blowing smoke up dashes behind. I use it. Tim uses it. A lot of our listeners use it. You should too, because it's a great way to get food when you don't want to go into the kitchen and make some food or go out and buy some. It's starting to get cold. They'll deliver it right to your door. It's fantastic. Tell them we sent you. You get 25% off your first order. You get free delivery. It's a win-win for your first order. You just get a free meal to your house, basically. So check it out. Gloves DD US if you're in the US, Gloves DD if you're in Canada. It's a fantastic idea. You you will not be sorry using DoorDash. They're the best. Tip. They're much like us. They are well. We're not the best hockey podcast, but they are the best food delivery service in the game. So check it out. DoorDash. Tell them we sent you. Drop in the gloves. All right. We We're talking about Toronto. We're talking about Matthews. We're talking about Marner. Who's the best player? This and that. Are they trending upwards? We mentioned Montreal. They get a big win over Detroit. Toronto gets a big win versus Vegas last night. Four to nothing. Statement win. When you look at their wins so far, they're 5-4-1. and one. This one stands out. Vegas was a preseason cup contender. They've obviously made some noise in the playoffs the last few seasons. They're coming out of the West, them or Colorado. Everybody had them earmarked for the Western Conference Finals. This was a big game for Toronto. This was the one that was circled on their calendar. They needed to go out and perform, and they did. Jack Campbell stood on his head. He didn't face a shot for a while, but he he played great. I think he had 26 saves for the shutout, which is rare in Toronto to get a shutout these days based on their defensive structure, how they played the game. Not exactly the New Jersey Devils of the 90s, those Toronto Maple Leafs, but they played good. Matthews gets two goals. Marner gets his second goal in two games. He went scoreless in his first eight games. He pops in another goal. Is this the statement win, Tim, the Leafs needed to kind of right the ship? because they were floundering they weren't playing great they get smoked by pittsburgh everybody's questioning them does keith have to go what's wrong do we have to make a move is this kind of the win to right the ship for toronto was toronto boom full steam ahead we're going right to the standings top of the standings now
1: no not yet uh it's it's a good (laughs) spit my coffee up (laughs) um it's a good win obviously it's good to see matthew's got a couple of monitors scored in two straight so the offense is is waking up for sure but I, I don't know have they really beat a big team yet you know like like vegas has been floundering all season they're they got a losing record and i mean they're a good team on paper but they were missing most of their top players like patch didn't play mark stone didn't play carlson tuck white cloud nolan patrick didn't play like they were out arguing that's like their whole team yeah, yeah, and, and you know what, too? It's like, okay, they beat they beat Montreal, they beat Ottawa, they beat Chicago, they beat Detroit. All those teams could probably are going to have losing records when the season's over. So I, I don't know that it's a statement win yet. It's certainly a good win, a step in the right direction. But until they beat a good team, especially a good team in their own division, I'm not ready to say that, that Mon- uh, Toronto's back.
0: Well, they're going to have the chance because after this game, they go Lightning, Bruins, Kings, Flyers, Flames. So their next five is is a very good stretch for them If if they can come out with the same kind of effort, regardless of who they play, because they don't, they don't choose who they play. They go out there, they're going to ice their team. It's, It's not their fault that all these guys have gotten injured. Yes, it helps. It may makes an easier game, but you still have to perform. And, I think this is a good sign for them because they had the same situation last week where they went out and they played the Pittsburgh Penguins who were missing Carter, Malkin, Crosby, Latang, all of their stars. And Toronto maybe knew that went out and laid an egg and Pittsburgh just worked them. They threw it in the corner. They went and dug it out and they scored seven goals in the Toronto Maple Leafs. So that memory is in, in the back of their head. They go into this game playing the Vegas Golden Knights, the Vegas Golden Knights, like a very good team, but they're missing all their good players. Like every single one of them. They could have gone complac- complacent. They could have maybe taken it easy, thinking it was an easy game. No, they played a very, very good game. They, they put the pedal to the metal. They pressured Vegas the whole entire night. Robin Leonard played good, even though he lost 4-0. It, it was a very, very good win for Toronto. I think it is a statement win. Uh, I know they haven't beaten a team that is a you know a quality team. The teams that you mentioned, the, the Ottawa's, Chicago's, Detroit's, it's not like they blew them out. Their goal differential, I haven't checked it. It probably isn't great. Being a four, four, five, four and one team, I bet you they're in the negative for goal differential because these wins are getting over these teams. They're dash four, so they're on the wrong side of the aisle when it comes to goal differential. I, I like this win for Toronto. I think it's it's a good sign. It gets a good mojo feeling. Give Marner, you know, an easy game. Get him scoring again. Get Matthews on the goal sheet. These guys are very emotionally charged. When they're in a good mood, when they're in a good spot mentally, they seem to be very hard to beat. They, they seem to just go out there. They play free. They play with confidence. And when you're the Toronto Maple Leafs and you have that kind of talent and your top guns are playing with confidence and they're having fun, you're a very difficult team to beat. And a win like this just puts a smile on everybody's face. They go out. They have a nice Halloween party. Everybody's feeling good. You're excited to get to the rink. It's a different team than we saw when they lost to Pittsburgh seven one and they had the big meeting and they come out and they lay an egg, even the next game. So these, you need these wins. You need these easy wins to kind of get, get the ball rolling, get the, get the good mojo feeling and you can come to the rink and it just snowballs. So we will see how that, you know, transitions to next game because the lightning are again, missing their best player, but they are a very good team. So we'll see how this pans out. The Bruins, very good challenge. I think the challenge for them is going to be the Flames in five games. The Flames have been a really good team. They have a good structure. They have a really good goaltender. So that'll be the game that I'm going to earmark. I'm definitely going to watch on my ESPN Plus app. But um, it's a good one for Toronto. I, I, I always beg on Toronto. They're going to be there in the end. They're, they're, they're a great team. They have all of you know the, the shiny toys that you need to win in the NHL. They got the high end forwards. They got a pretty good puck moving defenseman. Jack Campbell seems to be the real deal. Even though the Leafs have struggled to start the season, he's been the one guy who has consistently played good every single game. Like he, he's a good goalie. He's everything they wanted when they got him from LA. So uh, I think this is a good win for Toronto. Yeah. They were missing some players. Ho hum. They, they kind of learned from their mistakes when they played Pittsburgh and it bodes well for the future. They should be the best team every time they step on the ice. There's very few teams that can match them in firepower. So they should be the favorite, and they should play like it, and you have to have confidence in. It's a good win. I, I, I'm not negative like you, Tim. You always look at the cup as half empty. I'm a cup full type of guy. That's just how I am. I'm, I'm just a very positive guy. Ask everyone around me. Just a super. You're just a negative guy. You're a millennial. You're all, you're so negative. We're not going to go into that. I can tell your mood's changing already. All right. What else, Tim? You got anything to touch on Toronto or we're moving on?
1: Not in Toronto. I want to kind of do a quick rundown of some, some news and quick hits. Um, Patrick, Patrick Kane scored a hat trick the other night and the Blackhawks got their first win versus the Ottawa Senators. So the Coyotes are now the only winless team. And I want to contextualize that a little bit. I saw this crazy little graphic on social media yesterday. The Canucks fourth line last season was Antoine Roussel jay beagle louie erickson the coyotes first line this year is andrew Ladd, jay beagle Louis erickson like they oh. yeah oh. and jake jacob Ch- Ch- chick who had i think he led the league in defenseman goals last year like 20 um and you know he was a, a 60 point guy this year he has no points not a single one zero zilch nada so it's crazy how bad they are i <sighs> They honestly might break that record. They have no wins so far in like eleven games. I think they're o nine and one, maybe so ten games. They the records eight wins. John, do you think they do you think they do it? They
0: they have a really good opportunity, and (laughs) I don't use opportunity much when it comes to stuff like this. Yeah, I I think they have a good chance to because they at the beginning of the season their only salvation was that they played in the Pacific, that they were going to get some winnable games. They've played all the teams that they're supposed to be. You know, the San Jose's, the LA's, the Anaheim's. They've played those teams, the Vancouver's, that they would have a chance against. They, they got their doors beat off. Like, they, it wasn't even close. It's not like they're in games. You know what I mean? They're, they're not competitive. We talk about goal differential. We talk about, okay, what's good, what's bad. They're dash 29. They've played 10 games. I am not a mathematician. You're losing every game by almost three goals. So that's not even close. It's, it's, uh, it's not looking good for Arizona. I I definitely, they're going to challenge that record. If they get double digits wins, that's a win for them this season. The, there should be a penalty for not icing a competitive team. I feel bad for these guys on the Arizona Coyotes. They had a decent team last year where they would go out, they would compete, they had some dangerous weapons, and the team just got gutted because the owner wanted to make a coin. He wanted to make a couple bucks on this team, so he traded away their captain, Oliver Ekman-Larsen. They got rid of Garland. They got rid of any chance of winning on this team. And they go out, and we had him on the show, Andrew Ladd. He's not the same Andrew Ladd that he was five years ago. He's out to prove something, but he's not going to go out and score any goals. They leave Clayton Keller, their only decent forward, hung out to dry with no one to play with. I feel bad for these forwards. Liam O'Brien's out there trying to be a tough guy. He's the biggest joke in the league. It, they they have no skill. They have no chance in any game they play in. They have no goal. Like, we talk about their goaltenders I don't know who these guys are. Darcy Kemper was an NHL goaltender. NHL goaltender. Very, very good goaltender. He kept them in a lot of games last year that they had. No, no business being in. And they bring in these two guys, and I'm not going to trash them. It's not their fault. They're an NHL goaltender now, but I don't know who they are. No idea. I don't even know how to pronounce their names. That's not saying much coming from me, but Karel <laughs> Vajiminal and Ivan Prosvetov. Never heard you. Like, lots of vowels. It, it's... It's a travesty. The owner, the GM, they should be fined. They should be sanctioned. Something should happen to them. You should have to ice a competitive team. In a salary cap era, there was no good reason why you can't be competitive. If you go, if you finish the season, there should be like a, like the soccer where you regulate, relegated to the, the lower leagues. They should go to the AHL for you. There's your profits there, Coyotes owner. I don't know who you are. Suck on that one. You go to the HL for a year. We 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 bring someone else up because it, it's it's just a joke. They they want to grow the game in Arizona. They they lost their rink deal in Glendale. We want to put it somewhere else. No one's going to go to your stinking game if you're a garbage team. You could put the rink in the middle of Toronto, mecca of hockey. If you're icing a team that's worse than the Toronto Marlies, no one's going to show up. It's an absolute joke. Long answer. That was it. Short answer. Yeah. They could they could flirt with that record. And in a salary cap era, that's a joke. Because when the Washington Capitals had those eight wins, it was not a salary cap era. You could pay guys whatever you wanted. So they were at a distinct disadvantage bidding up against the LA Kings, the New York Rangers, the all those heavy hitting teams. There's no excuse now. Everybody gets the same piggy bank to spend with. Everybody gets 82 million bucks. You're just an absolute clown you trade for contracts for guys that are, I'm, I'm sure they're still playing Chris Pronger and Pavel Datsuk and all these guys would not surprise me. So shame on the Arizona Coyotes. I hope they win zero games, not for the team, but for the owner and the GM, just to get, smack some sense into to them. They're, they're obviously not drafting great players to, train, to turn the team around. They lost their stinking draft pick because of the scouting combine thing. Oh, no, sorry. They're not paying those guys. I don't know what happened they're not on the oh that's the non ride they are paying those guys that's funny they have so many guys in injury, re, injury reserve they're paying it's it's fantastic they're just a terrible team anyways yes they'll break they'll break that record and i will i'll pop a cap of beer when they do it because i said you deserve it you stinking arizona coyotes my former team a joke all right where, do, where are we at now how do we get there
1: a couple more a couple more quick kids ovechkin was named the player of the month for the month of October with nine goals, six assists, fifteen points in just eight games played. Just wanted to call that out. I know you're 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 standing by your uh, your statements there. So um, another. How does he another... win player the? How does he win that award? Goals. How does like goals? McDavid or Dreisaitl? Nine win? goals in eight games. Nine goals in eight games. Nine games. Well, in the month of October.
0: How how does like? McDavid or Dreinsiedel, they got 17 points, both of them, in, in the same amount of time.
1: How was that? Yeah. How was that a thing? McDavid was number two for the month. I forget who was number three. I think a goalie. Uh, it was, uh, what's his name? Freddie Anderson, I think. But yeah. yeah. It's not like McDavid has a lot less goals. He's got seven goals. I don't know. Maybe the, oh, in, the league just wants to stick it to you, John. Gary has
0: uh, tried to stick it to me many times. never works. Another
1: another noteworthy thing from October. Moritz Seider, friend of the show, my favorite player, Uh, rookie of the month in October with eight assists and 10 games played so far. And he's got four power play points. So, you know, he's been a big part of why Detroit has kind of come off pretty well out of the gate. It's pretty cool to see a 20-year-old defenseman do so well in his first kind of 10 games of of his career.
0: Don't look now. Second in defenseman in assists. Trailing Boom. only Foxy Lady, Adam Fox, and Victor Hedman. Pretty okay. pretty good start for the big guy.
1: Do you think he finishes above or below 45 points? Oh, below. I think below. I, I
0: think 45. Uh, Detroit's he's gonna get the opportunity. That that's that's a good above. Uh, <laughs> I, think he, I think he gets 45 right on. Okay. <laughs> that's a good number for him. Wow. Yeah. That that's a tough, that's a tough one. No, he he'll definitely be in the conversation for Calder. I think he he is the cornerstone for that defense. Iserman is building his team around Mosider.
1: How could it's you him, not? him and uh, Lucas Raymond are the two Calder frontrunners runners right now. Who's yeah, done pretty well as well.
0: They're playing great. I, I think they have brought these guys up the right way. They didn't rush them into service. They knew the Detroit Red Wings weren't going to be great last year, so they let the kids go. They played junior. They played overseas. Let them develop a little more. Don't put them in a pressure where they are forced to produce when they're not ready to. I've seen it so many times throughout my career because I played on some pretty junky teams. We had pretty high draft picks, and they would just thrust these guys into situations where they weren't ready for it, and they would go out. They would try their hardest. They would do whatever they can, but it's a different league. The NHL is the best league in the world, and so when you like when I was in Buffalo, they threw uh, Mikhail Gregorenko. High draft pick. Very, very skilled Russian. In my opinion, they ruined a good career because they could have let him develop more in Russia or he was in the queue at the time. Let him build his confidence. Let him get stronger. Instead, they throw him in Buffalo. They put him on the first line. Doesn't work out. Put him on the second line. Doesn't work out. They healthy scratch him for a while. For Pete's sake, he was playing with me. If you're a first-round draft picker, you have no business playing with me. And next thing you know, he kind of flames out because he loses his confidence. He doesn't have that extra year to develop, get stronger, work on his skills. You're stuck in Buffalo playing behind guys. You're not getting the minutes. So Detroit did it the right way, and it's paying off. We Lucas Raymond, he's, he's a fast, exciting player. He gets up and down the ice. And Moe Sider, he is a, he's a stud back there. He patrols the ice. He controls the play. He's very composed for his size and his age. It's a, it's a very good look for Detroit. They they have built their team the right way. Steve Eiserman deserves all the accolades that he's gonna get because don't look now. I, I've I've said it many times on the show. Detroit's gonna be a player in the next two, three, four years. Here's a bold take. They'll win a cup before Toronto does.
1: Oh uh, I don't know about that. Come on, John. Come on. I don't think well, Toronto will ever win a cup with this group. So Yeah. If that's your take, then I guess every team's gonna win before they do.
0: That's true. But no, there are teams that are trending upwards. And I don't Toronto definitely has an opportunity to win a cup in the next three, four, five years. When you look at Detroit and you look at their contracts and you look at the money that they're gonna have to play with, they're gonna have a lot of options come this offseason. They they have 15, 16 million dollars right now. They're losing Robbie Fabry, they're losing a couple other guys. Um, the big ones are on the back end. Nick Letty comes off the books. Danny DeKaiser comes off the book. Mark Stahl comes off the books. That's $17 million right there. So you're going to go into free agency. You're going to have 35 million bucks to play with. That's a lot of money to go out and get some players. You have Larkin signed for a decent contract for two more years, 6 million bucks. So they're looking pretty solid. If you got Mo Sider still for two more years, he's only making 863. Hey, why not? Go for it, baby. Go go get some free agents. Get get Detroit, you know, pointed in the right direction. They deserve it. Everyone loves a good Detroit Red Wings rivalry, right? That's the hardest word to say. Detroit Red Wings.
1: Red Wings. You say it, it's, you say it a lot.
0: <laughs> it's it's really, really hard. So, but good for Ovechkin. Nine goals, eight games. That's exciting. Good for him because it's not gonna last. You know <laughs> what I mean? It, it's very good for him. We already saw it. He he didn't get a goal in his ninth game. I knew it. He's going to slow down. He's not going to score for the next eight. And all those haters who are all over him, John, he's got eight goals in eight games. Suck it. You know, I play the long game. It's, it's, it's a 50. marathon, not a sprint, Tim.
1: He's going to score 50.
0: 50 and goals. I'm a marathon runner. You know that. <clears throat> all right. Most cider, Drian they got 17 points. Each. They're on. What's, what are they on pace for?
1: They're on pace for it's, – it's crazy. They each have 17 points in eight games. They're on pace for 174 points. I say they do it. I say they do it. Why not? They're not going to slow down. Do you know – if we were a top talent show, we would know this, but
0: do you know when Gretzky was putting up 200 points, what the next highest guy on his team were to get, whether it was a Yari Curry or a Messier? You know, if Gretzky was getting 200 – if the next guy was getting 150 like what was glenn anderson getting? That's, I don't know. The it's good shows know. We're still in our infancy when it comes to podcast. We'll we'll figure it out one of these days, but it would be interesting to see if this is just uncharted territory when two guys are just so head and shoulders above the whole league where they just pace the NHL in points. Or if it's happened many, many times then we're just like, oh, oh yeah, Crosby and Malcolm has done it many times. Taves and Kane have done it so many times. All these guys, Getslaff and Perry did it when they were at Anaheim. And we're just like making a mountain out of a molehill where it happens pretty consistently. But it is exciting. I don't think they get 175 points each. I think they, you know, settle out around 140. Once the season starts to get in the real nitty-gritty of it, teams are going to clamp down a little
1: bit. I actually – look how quick I am. In 1981-82 oh. was Gretzky's best season. He had a 212 points. Glenn Anderson had 105. Paul Coffey, 89. Messier, 88. Yari Curry, 86. So they were just doing like regular elite seasons, like regular – Wow,
0: high, and he still had down. twice as many points as the next guy.
1: He lapped him. Yep. Where's Yari Curry? Yeah, I said him. He's at 86 points. That's incredible. That, that's even more impressive.
0: That's, that's an impressive stat because I would have figured some guy would have been riding his coattails and assists and picked up like 85 assists. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying, Vern? Crazy. Dave Semenko,
1: 24 points. Wow.
0: He's a tough son of a gun. Also produce. Yeah. Same with Marty McSorley. When he was with Gretzky, he would always put up 20, 30, 40 points a season. That's back when tough guys knew how to play. I ruined that. When I came in, I couldn't <laughs> skate. I couldn't do anything. Is ruined the whole thing. That's why they got rid of tough guys. I was the last big, heavy guy who couldn't do a thing. Just went out there and broke the ice. Thank you, Jack Edwards. You jerk. You big jerk. You big meanie. But I think they um they settle around 150. Ovechkin will get 29 goals. <laughs> David will get 150 points. Drian Seidel will get 142 points. It'll be in that range. they will be one, two in the league. My predict- And the Nugent is the having a good year. He's been playing pretty strong. I think he's got 10, 11 assists. So he's been dishing. You never know. They could have three of the top five point getters. They won't. Nuge won't keep this up. But uh, all right, what else are we doing, Sam? A couple more quick. You know what? I, I enjoy, I'll, I'll take this one. I enjoy our fan tweets. And I think it's important to kind of give some shout outs. We get some good, our fans are funny. They're smart. They're 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 definitely top tier fans when it comes to podcast listeners and they let us know there we got a tweet the other day so i was talking about halloween i was talking about you know going dressed up as michael phelps and stagger mctipsy tweeted us the image of john wandering around in the speedo was far scarier than all the halloween costumes i've ever seen in my life combined and multiplied now i won't be able to sleep for months i hope you're happy is it because you're too just turned on stagger mctipsy but picturing me in the speedo because that's what it happens you know it's real and uh, i get it i get it it's a scary sight, but it had to happen downtown chicago michael phelps i was just letting let, letting it go tim any other tweets you want to mention because we, we get so many good tweets it's so fun
1: yeah there's another one <clears throat> we need to start reading them more on the show uh there's a great one from david michael phelps who said and so yesterday or monday's episode how good david, was david
0: michael phelps
1: you think it's the real guy Maybe this
0: is the say se- this, this tweet. The say se- uh, it's perfect.
1: <laughs> the segue, yeah. Uh, but he said John Scott's segue game was on another level today, and it was a picture of uh Joe Blue from Arrested Development riding on a segue, just stumbling around. It's perfect, it was brilliant. Love it. Did you know Will Arnett was He's in talks to be me in the movie? I did know that he'd be great. He's Canadian, right?
0: He is Canadian, he's tall, he's not a big enough name. They said they want someone like a big, big superstar. So, I, I I gave him my thumbs up. I was like, he'd be perfect. Seems like a cool guy. I like his he's voice. He's a pretty
1: good star, too. His voice he's, is he's, good.
0: Bojack Horseman is a, is a voice? Yeah. I don't know how I knew that, but I, I know it. He's got a There's great no voice. There's no way you've
1: seen that show. I've never seen it. I haven't either, but I know you haven't. That's Bojack. Sure.
0: Weird, weird name. Weird voice. But anyways... Not a weird show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. Send us some tweets. We'll read them out. We like uh, all the support, all the fun back and forth. You do follow us on Twitter at um, dropping gloves DD slash USA at DoorDash.
1: Forward slash John Scott hashtag.
0: What is our Twitter account?
1: Dropping underscore gloves. Twitter and Instagram.
0: Yeah. Find us. Follow us. It'll be fun. We're very active. Check it out. We'll, We'll have some fun with it. Anyways, everybody. Thank you for listening. Have a good day. We'll talk to you on Friday. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.
1: Delivered by DoorDash.